Hello and welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship Podcast. We are very excited that you have decided to tune in today and pray you are blessed by today's message. Praise the Lord. So here we go. How many are ready for the word? Amen. We need the word today. So often in traveling, I've been traveling now for over 28 years, and I've been walking with the Lord for 28 years, but then I realized the Lord rebuked me. He said, no, I've been carrying you for 28 years. And we got to give God all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. We need to stop lifting up buildings and ministries and pastors and teachers. We need to lift up God, God and God alone, because without God, you can't do anything. Can somebody say amen? And so I'm gonna, before I speak to you, I know some of you know, me, know of me, but you don't know me. So I'm going to go through something real quick so you understand who is standing before you, because check this out. I didn't ask to preach. I was called to preach. This had already been established in heaven, and now it's happening here on earth. It is not the greatest thing that I love doing, but I do it. I am not the best at it, but I'm going to give you my best. I'm going to give you my heart because I'm doing it as unto the Lord. Jesus is Lord of my life. And this is the thing that I would like to share as we get into it. It's called his time. But understand this. We got to shift. Somebody say shift. We need to shift from salvation to lordship. I'm going to say that again. We need, as the body of Christ, to shift from just salvation and living any old kind of way that I want and believe in the lordship of Christ, being lord of my heart, my mind, my tongue, my finance, my home, everything I do under the lordship of Christ. And when you begin to do that, you will have encounters with God and be of a great service to God because he can trust you with his son. Can somebody say amen? So I want you to pull up the... Can you pull up my, no, no, go back, go back. Yeah, you know who that is? Look at that good-looking young man. Come on, somebody. Don't he look so innocent? The devil is a liar. Help me, somebody. Come on. That's me when I was a real young man. You know, my eyes are real big, but my body grown into more. My eyes can be batched. Come on, somebody. Go to the next one. I'm on. In the middle, I'm already trying to be like Jesus, the man in the middle. Come on, somebody. This is, this is my oldest brothers to my right and my youngest brothers to my left. We grew up in Compton in Inglewood, California. Go ahead, please. And that's when the brother was running the ball. I'll let you all see in person. Okay, come on, somebody. You see, you, see, you see that guy on the ground right there? That's John trying to catch me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I done joined the ball head club right now. I look good. I got motivated. I see some other ball heads around here. I'm feeling good now. I feel real good. Amen. I ran for 1,000 to 1,500 yards three years in a row, went to an all-white high school, and I appreciate that because it gave me an opportunity to get a college education that I couldn't get because my parents couldn't afford it. Now, you're going to run for 1,000 to 1,500 yards, not because you're running from the popo. Help me, somebody. But I was running to save my life. When you heard a bunch of white boys on that field calling you all kind of names and want to kill you, you're going to run for about 1,000, 1,500 yards. And it got me recognition that I could have went anywhere in the world that I wanted to. But for, especially for the young people, parents, let me educate you with your young people for a minute. Man, encourage them to get a great education. But because I didn't get my, do great in my education, they love my gifting more than they love me. Help me, somebody. I bought Inglewood a winning season. Help me, somebody. When it came time to sign the letter of intent, every major college, USC, UCLA, Arizona, Arizona State, anywhere in the world, everybody rejected me. I don't know if anybody's ever dealt with rejection. Rejection doesn't feel good. I could have went anywhere, but because I didn't take care of my grades, I wound up coming up north to University Pacific in Stockton, California, and I led the nation in kickoff returns, and I was destined to go into the NFL, but my choices 
because of words being rejected, not knowing who I was and my identity. Come on, somebody. I wound up going to a path that I'm not very proud of. Go ahead, next thought, real quick. Yeah, that's a brother back in the day, you know. You know, that's back in the day. Now, John had a better curl than I do, but uh, he didn't have a pose like me. Help me somebody, you know what I'm mean? saying? Just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. They, they don't know that part, right? They don't know that part. All right, all right, it's all good. I can see some of y'all been on that street. Maybe some of y'all still on that street. It's time to get up out of that street. Come on, somebody. Amen? So that, that's me back, uh, back in the day when I graduated from college. I worked three jobs working at McDonald's, the Jack in the Box, Delta College, and, oh, there's four jobs, and uh, uh, UOP. Next slide. Then I came across this beautiful Hispanic woman oh, okay. back in the day. Brother tried to get his game together by wearing a tie. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> Trying to hide the real me. Come on, somebody. Being anything I need to be to get a hold of her, right? And then she, uh, we had a relationship that was this. It was physical abuse, verbal abuse. I would chase her through a window. She hit me with a car, always trying to run a brother over, take him out, catch me in hotel rooms, being intimate with different women. And this is what we had called love. The only thing we had in common was snorting cocaine, crank, smoking weed, and drinking and getting drunk and sex. How many know that's not love? That's lust. If there's ever a problem with the church today, the church lusts after Jesus. They're not in love with Jesus. <clears throat> that just get a holy ghost shake. I better keep going. Come on, somebody. I might lose you. And that's when Ananda got pregnant. Drugs and alcohol are not the solution to your problems. Only Jesus is. Drugs and alcohol, gang affiliation, sin will numb you to the real issues of life. It'll take you further than you want to go, cost you more than you're willing to pay, and keep you longer than you're willing to stay. And that's my beautiful Hispanic man. And boy, she's huge. She was pregnant with twins. And there's a high price to pay for low living. Some of us know that in our story. But how many know only Jesus has the ability to take your story and turn it into a testimony? Come on, somebody. So go to the next slide, please. And that's Natasha Marie Benjamin. That's the twin that died in my arms at five days old behind the choices that I have made to let the devil, I'll say it like this because I'm just, just going to say it like this because I allow the devil to pimp my life. You think, we think we're in control. We ain't in control of nothing. We ain't in control of nothing. We are in spiritual warfare battle, and the devil's roaring around like a lion, not the lion, yeah. to steal, kill, and destroy yeah. your dreams, your goals, your family, your, your, your family members. He's trying to steal everything from you because you bring him honor and glory. Why is this? Even when it comes to praise and worship, which y'all was just too tight. Y'all was sick. I already jumped out my pants, but that would have been nasty. Y'all was blowing up. Dan, where's Danny? I asked John. I said, who is that white girl playing that keyboard like that? She had my hammer, toes, and bunions rolling, boy. I just swooned. But anyway, Natasha died. And after Natasha died, I, it took me three years after I had lost everything. And yet, thank God that Jesus comes after us. Next slide. That's when she was at the funeral. Only one person outside my mom showed up to represent my little girl uh, for her funeral. On Friday, Saturday, Sundays, my house was usually packed back bedrooms being open, the drugs, all that crazy stuff. And I'm like, hey, where are the people that said they love me? You know, you'll find out who your real friends are when it costs them something too. Those who will hang with you in the high times, the medium times, and the low times, I'm so glad that Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I wasn't even looking for him, but he was looking for me. Come on, somebody. Next slide. And that's when we got, woo-wee, that's when I met Jesus. I had to get I had to get fly, you know what I'm saying? Put on my tux because I was celebrating because I was strung out for eight years. 
and God touched my soul, November 13, 1988, 7.45 p.m., and took all that junk away, and I have been clean ever since over 28 years to the glory of God. So this is where I have a passion, man. Let's pull up that slide called It's Time. Everybody say, It's Time. So, John, I'm looking at the clock. How much time do I have? I got to get into this real good. Okay, okay. I'm going to work with you. Work with me. I need your undivided attention. Listen, I am, I, 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 nobody loves to be more excited in the house of God than me. But my calmness has calmed down, and it angers me. Because I know when I met him, and I, I felt him, and I sensed him, I, I didn't care what anybody think. I'm, <laughs> I'm just going wild. I just go wild for Jesus. I went wild for Jesus in the prison system. I go wild for Jesus on the public high school campuses. But my praise has calmed down. You know why? Because I'm getting so much religious junk. I'm getting overwhelmed that I'm losing the sensitivity of the spirit of God. Now, I'm going to just do be a true confession because they say if you confess, you be healed. Help me, somebody. You know, my confession is simply this, man. My confession is that I mean, I'm having a trouble getting back where I used to be. Because I'm overwhelmed with so much stuff concerning ministry and concerning church. Now, I am not going to bag on the church, but God has sent me here to challenge you in some areas. Because, listen, the church didn't save you. Jesus saved you. The Holy Ghost arrested you. The Holy Ghost filled you. The Holy Ghost is going to remind you of the things that God has spoken. And so I got to get out of this religious activity and embrace the love of God and walk with God to be in tune with the spirit of God. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? So we got to get back to that place because even in your praise and worship, when God says in his word to lift up holy hands in the sanctuary and we don't lift our hands, who are we really giving our praise to? You're going to punish your children when they violate your rules and and the things you put together. But when it comes to God and you don't want to lift your hands because you don't feel like it, you don't want to dance in the house of God because you don't feel like it because you're too worried about what everybody else got to say instead of just recognizing that God has arrested you and called you into this place, get to this altar because God says you might get your breakthrough just in your praise. Everybody hear what I'm saying? So we're going to talk about it's time. Somebody say it's time. it's time. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. I'm just hitting a little bit. Here we find Solomon. Solomon was the wisest man in, in, uh, before Jesus came. He, he hung out with dignitaries, royalty, had fame, wealth, and women, a whole lot of women. But he wound up dying the biggest fool. And what he says is that everything under the sun is meaningless if you're not doing it for God and God alone. Right. If you haven't fallen in love with God. Ecclesiastes 3, 1, 2, he says, there is an appointed. Somebody say appointed. appointed. There's an appointed time for everything. Somebody say everything. everything. Not some things, not a few things, but everything. Everything in your life, there's an appointed time for God. He says, and under the event under heaven and a time to give birth and a time to die. There's an appointed time for everything. Everything you've been through is an appointed time. Watch this now. And there's a time for every event, not some of the events, but every event in your life under heaven. And I love this one. This one we're going to pay attention to. A time to give birth and a time to die. A time to give birth, not just in the physical, but even in the spiritual. A time to give birth. And then there's a time to die. 
This is what I have found out. If you're ever going to try to cope with living in the timing of the Lord, you're going to have to learn to live in the spirit of God. And you cannot live in the spirit of God if you are not born again. Jesus said you must be born again. What does that mean? It means that I have to do it his way and not my way. It means I have to acknowledge that I'm guilty, help me somebody, and I need a savior. Sometimes we try to save ourselves instead of letting God save us. Some of us in this room today, we won't let God be Savior and Lord. We try to fix it ourselves. So God pulls his hands back, said, let you go through that mess so you can learn something. And if you choose to call on me, I'll answer. But I don't want you calling on me from the head. I want you calling on me from the heart. I don't want you calling on me just to get delivered. I want you calling on me because you love me. If you're going to serve God out of obligation, you're going to get burnt out. You need to serve God out of love. Help me, somebody. Obligation will not keep you with Jesus. But when you serve him and embrace him because of love and everything that I do, may I do with all my heart is serving the Lord and not for men. Then you will find yourself receiving power, patience, perseverance, wisdom. Why? Because everything I'm doing, I'm doing out of love for God. Think about the things that you did when you thought you were in love with somebody. How you begin to compromise your morals and your standards and your dreams and your goals just to have that guy or girl that just goes, oh, he moves me, oh. And it took you down a dark road. Help me, somebody. Broke your heart, messed your mind up, went crazy because it didn't turn out the way that you thought it should. Can I ask you a question? What do we do with a God that unpackages an answer that's different from us? Since 1973, there have been 53.5 million abortions. In Proverbs 6, he says, I hate the shedding of innocent blood. Then why is he allowing it? What about the God who called the disciples to himself? They left their family, friends, and loved ones, and their jobs to follow Jesus, to preach the good news, and to be a witness unto all, and they died such horrible deaths. Hot oil poured down their throats, put between chariots and torn in half, losing their heads. That, how do you love a God like that? What about the God who created the whole world and yet he spared one man in Noah who took the time to build an ark and because he was obedient, I'm talking to men, I'm talking to women, because he was obedient, he didn't have to understand it. His circumstances didn't look right. The, his wife talked about him. His kids thought he was tone loke. They didn't even want to be around him and yet when the rain came tumbling down, Oh, they begin to give daddy his props. And dad, you the man. You the man. What's up? Oh, dad. And the wife must have turned him up. Oh, no, thank you. It was just a good time. But what do you do with a God that spares one family and destroys the entire world? I tell you what you need to do. You got to trust him. Because if you trust him, your trust is the evidence that you love him because you can walk in obedience. Everybody say obedience. So if you're going to serve the Lord, if you're going to deal with God's time, you got only just to be born again, but you got to be able to walk in the spirit. If you are born again, you need to learn how to pray in the spirit, walk in the spirit, and live in the spirit, and be a witness unto the spirit for Almighty God. Because he says in Ecclesiastes, I'm going to give you five short things that you cannot afford to lose in these last days. Five things. Number one, don't lose focus on the word. Okay. Don't lose focus 
on the Word. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And all things were made by him and through him. Without him, there's nothing made that has been made. So you don't have to worry about evolution. You don't have to worry about the Big Bang Theory if you trust in the Word. This is the only book that I know that deals with the past, the present, and the future. It's the Word where God is a spirit. He became a written Word, then he became a living Word, and the Word became flesh. Jesus is telling us, if you open this Bible, <coughs> Jesus is telling us how to be successful, yep. what to look out for. What you can and cannot do. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Right. You know what love does? Love always issues out a warning before it comes with discipline. Watch this. Here's my example. Remember the garden, Adam and Eve? Y'all know the old story. We done heard so much gospel that we become numb. Watch this now. Here's Adam and Eve. God creates, speaks everything into existence. When it comes to Adam and Eve, God makes them from the dust of the ground, and he breathes, and then man becomes a living being, then God makes somebody out. Somebody has already been made, and it's called a woman. He pulls a woman out. Women are dangerous. <laughs> They're good. It's not good for us to be alone, but don't, don't cross a woman. Think about it. David nearly lost his kingdom. Samson lost his eyes, his hair, and his strength. Solomon wind up dying a fool. Women can be dangerous. And Adam lost his inheritance because he put his eyes on his woman more than he put them on God. Help me, somebody. Remember when he went to the garden? He said, not of the tree of, do not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For the day you do, you will surely die. You'll separate yourself from me. Notice he said when, knowing that we're going to do it anyway. Why is it that we like to do the things that we know we shouldn't do? Why does that appear so attractive? Why does food that looks so good so bad for you? And the food that's good for you just looks so nasty and tastes nasty. Why do we do that? I'm going to help you. It's common. Because we gravitate towards sin because we were born into sin. Everybody. When you become born again, the Holy Spirit embraces you and leads you and guides you and directs you how to please God. Can somebody say amen? amen. So we got to stay focused on the word. Let me show you. Let's let God testify for himself. Go to Hebrews 2.1. Watch he said, for this very reason, we must pay closer attention. Notice he said closer, not just attention. We must pay closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. If you are struggling, if you are backsliding, if you're questioning who you are in God and what God is up to, maybe it's because you've drifted away from the word. If I get away from the word, I'm going to go back to being a drug dealer, an alcoholic, a womanizer, angry, deceptive, lying, cheating, and stealing. i got to keep the word in me so that I don't sin against God. Psalms 119 verse 11. You'll drift away from the word. If you don't keep the word in you, you're going to drift away. It's not Pastor John's responsibility and First Lady Kaya to get you into the word. Watch this now. Every person in America, everybody has access to a Bible. The problem is the book is being left unopened. We want to hear the word, but we don't want to do the word. You got to put work to the word. Come on, somebody. If we only understood the worth of the Bible, my brother, and how powerful it is, how anointed it is, that we would treasure the Bible more than any other possession you even have in your life. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. How much time do we spend in the word of God looking for the instructions, Bayford's instructions before leaving earth, the word of God, 
2 Timothy 3 says this, that all scripture is God-breathed, meaning that God has allowed man to cross every T and to dot every I and to write every sentence that originally started with the thought of Almighty God. The God who created the universe, the God who holds the universe in the palm of his hand is wanting to reveal his character and his love for his creation so that they can live a joyful, powerful, successful life before death and after death. It's the only book that really matters. Come on, somebody. The word of God. Consider when you get a love letter from somebody you love and what your response is. Should not our response even be greater when we get to receive the word of God? To build our spirit. In fact, your spirit can't live off of anything else but the word of God. It's so powerful that it has the ability to transform your life. You have a nugget in your house sitting on a desk or inside a desk that we don't even open the word of God that can transform, empower your life to walk in authority of almighty God. Go to the next verse. Hebrews. Hebrews 6.13, for when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. God's giving you a word. God said, I'm not going to, I cannot deny my own word. I can't even deny my own name. So I'm going to swear by myself because there's nobody greater than me. Watch this. Go to the next verse. Psalms 119.89, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Our lives have already been lived up there. We just can't remember it because of sin. Help me, somebody. So we can trust in his word because everything we see comes from his what? Word. Watch this next word, Isaiah. Isaiah 45, 23. I have sworn by myself that the word has gone forth from my mouth in righteousness and will not turn back. That to me, every knee will bow and every tongue will swear allegiance to almighty God, the word. Why is it that we who are a created species think that we know more than the creator himself? This is where Jesus is Lord. Come on, somebody. You got to have the word. This is not a time in the last days that you lose focus on the word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall remain forever. Number two, watch this. I cannot afford to be in a dead church. I cannot afford. I got radically saved. And to be honest with you, it wasn't the world, bro that was killing me and stealing my joy was the church. And when we get hurt by the church, because we know the church is supposed to represent God, but I told you before, God's not the church. He's the head of the church. Don't blame God for what sinful men who live in sin and may have been forgiven, we still live in a sinful body. Don't blame God for what men do and ministry do. Ministry turns into a corporation. We turn it into a business, and we just knew the name of Jesus. I'm so glad that this church, the building, come on, somebody, is not a dead church. I'm sorry. I said the church, the building, is not a dead church. So if the building is not a dead church, and I can say that because I know Pastor John. He's helped keep my marriage together. He didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. He told me what I needed to hear. And Sister Kai, she don't play, so I ain't going to go there. I can't afford to be in a dead church. I can't afford to be in a dead church. Y'all look at what God says in Revelation 3.1 when he talks to the church of Sardis. This is crazy. He says, I know your works. And I know that you have a name, which means I know you have a reputation. The building has a reputation. Watch this. And that you are alive. But what does he say? I can't hear you. 
I can't hear you. Whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. He's talking to the church of Sardis that started off everything with the word of God and doing what God has called them to do, but somehow they began to get compromised and they would get this regular routine that they get into and they become settled and comfortable. How many know that the lukewarm shall be spit out of God's mouth? You can't serve God, again, out of obligation. You've got to serve him out of love. Look at number three. Don't be afraid to suffer for the cause of Christ in this uh-huh. time. I'm going to say that again. Do not be afraid to suffer for Christ. Because you are a Christian doesn't mean that you won't go through nothing. In fact, you're going to go through more. Help me, somebody. The reason why it won't hurt as bad, come on, somebody, is because you got a Savior that's living inside you that's going to guard your heart if you let him. I can't afford to be afraid to suffer for Christ. We'll suffer behind drugs. We'll suffer behind alcohol. We'll suffer behind adultery. We'll suffer behind sin. But when I come to Christ, oh, I'm not supposed to suffer. Let God testify to himself. Look at the next Pull up the next verse, please. Philippians 1.29. Watch this. For to you it has been granted. Everybody say granted. granted. It means you've already been given permission and you even ain't asked for it. He says, you have been granted for Christ's sake not only to believe in him, but also to what? Suffer. To what? To for his sake. Oh, boy. Give me my next scripture. Look at it. I'm just giving you the word. 1 Peter 4, 12, 17. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. Watch now. As though, go back, go back. As though some strange thing's happening to you. Don't trip, potato chip. <laughs> when you begin to suffer for the cause of Christ, what we fail to realize as believers is that suffering is for the blessing. You will always go through a trial before the blessing, and you will go through a trial after the blessing because you get the blessing because you passed the test, and you're ready for the next one. Help me, somebody. Next verse. He said, but rejoice to the extent that you... Ooh, what did he say? What? 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 I I don't know a whole lot of people as Christians when they're going through something, including myself, that I turn around, oh, praise the Lord, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Hey, dog, can I talk to you, man? My wife is just acting real wild, dog, you know? And I don't say, I don't deserve all that, homeboy. You know what? She need to get it together. A real man of God is going to tell you, dog, it ain't her problem, it's yours. I still remember that. Didn't tell me what I wanted to hear, but told me what I needed to hear. And I took my check back. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> But look, look, look what he says here. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Go to the next verse. Come on. This is just the word of God testifying to itself. If you are reproached, suffered, criticized for the name of Christ, what's that word? Blessed. What's that word? Blessed. Blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. And on their part, he is blasphemy, but on your part, he is what? Oh, my God. Go to the next verse. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, and an evildoer, but as a busybody in other people's matters. Come on. Keep going. Yet if anyone suffer as a Christian to be Christ-like, watch this. He said, let him not be what? Ashamed. 
be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. Next verse, I think. For the time has come, here we go, oh boy, for the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end for those who do not obey the gospel? God has to deal with the house, the people of God, first, before he ever deals with the world. Why? Because you are the living epistle, reading and yet being read. Reading the word of God in your lifestyle will reflect who you belong to. We as a people of God, are y'all still loving me? Because I'm, I'm chewing right now. Listen, we are so excited all the time with the feeling. Ah, praise the Lord, hallelujah, thank you. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. But now the church is being built off the gifting of men and not the character of God. And this is why people are slipping away from the church and slipping away because we're elevating men and appreciate the gift that God has given them, but there's no character. This is why pastors are backsliding, committing adultery because the character is God. They need to become like Joseph said, but I refuse because I know what my God has done in my life. Can the church say amen? Watch this. So go to the next verse. Number four, don't forget why he came. Have you forgotten why Jesus came? Does anybody know why Jesus came? He came for you. He came for me. He came. If he had not have come, where would we be? I would still be strung out on drugs. I would still be strung out on alcohol. I would still be a murderer, a liar, and a thief. But he came for me. Even as an enemy, he came for me to redeem me, to reconcile me, to change me. And I no longer have to be a drug addict. I no longer have to walk in no hope. I no longer have to have hate in my heart because he came for me. Individually. And corporately, why? Because he has a ministry of reconciliation. In 2 Timothy, 2 Corinthians 5.19, it was God personally present in Christ Jesus who chose to forgive men of their trespasses and not hold their sins against them, but reconcile them back to favor with God. Yeah. This is why he came. So what did he come to save us for? Can I get somebody to come play real quick? And I'm done. I won't, I won't mess you up with this. There's a time to be born and there's a time to die. Pull that uh, uh, picture back up of the photo where it says it's time. Watch this. Watch this. Hallelujah, Jesus. I found that on the magazine. What do you see when you look at this photo? What do you see? You see people, right? Uh, That's David Bowie, Muhammad Ali, Prince, Nancy Reagan, Gene Wilder, who thought he was black. And, and I forget the other, Doris Roberts, one of the funniest women that I've ever seen on TV. Notice, notice the heading, Life and Farewell. What do we have in common with them? We were born, and you're going to die. And you also have an in-between. It's the in-between that would determine your destiny. It's who you receive and choose to live for and die for that will change everything in your life. When I look at them, I see people who've been created and made in the image of Almighty God, but had different gifting and different talents. 
I don't know if they made it or not. I don't know if they're into the kingdom of God. I can't remember any of them really talking about God. But what God were they talking about if they did? I don't remember anybody giving Jesus credit like Pastor was saying. The name of Jesus. It's farewell time. Do you really know where you're going when you die? Is your hope built on Pastor John and Kaya? Is your hope built on the building? You were born, you have an in-between, and then there's a farewell. What is it that God is calling us to? What is he trying to save us from? He doesn't try to scare you straight. He loves you straight. He gives you the truth. And one day you're going to die. And the gift of God is free through his son, Christ Jesus. Lordship is a process. But when I read Luke 16, I find that there was a rich man and a poor man. And they both died. And the Bible says one went up. That's the poor man. The one that's been ignored. The one that's been stomped over. The one that wasn't given out love to. But someone somewhere down the line gave him Jesus. Watch this now. The rich man had everything. But he wound up in a place called hell. And this is where he said, he looked up and he saw Father Abraham. He didn't see Jesus. He saw Father Abraham. He said, I'll make your sons as numerous as stars and sands of seashore. Jesus didn't even have to defend the poor man because Abraham was there first. Oh, my God. He says, man, what is he doing up there and I'm doing down here? He says, you remember in your lifetime? That you received everything and you enjoyed it, but you didn't acknowledge, and I'm paraphrasing, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. How many times you heard the gospel? How many times you sat in church? How many times the Holy Spirit spoke to you about hidden sin that he wants to deal with privately, but he's going to have to expose it publicly, but you chose to love sin more than you love the Savior? He has his reward. Now you have yours. And the Bible said that he looked up and he saw, you're going to see in hell. You're going to hear in hell. You're going to remember in hell. You're going to feel in hell because you're an eternal being. You're an eternal being. And you're going to cry out. And the only answer you'll get is no. If you're not with Jesus, the only answer you get is no. No, that's it. It's a wrap. It's over. It's over. So here's my question as we begin to close. It's time. It's time for you and I to make the change that is necessary. Not to build something for myself, for my wants, but for what he has, who he is and what he needs. And he says, I don't need you, but I want you. I want to partner with you so that you can reach other people for the glory of God. It's nothing wrong with inviting people to church, but how about giving them an opportunity to receive Christ? And then invite them to the church. You don't have to just sit in the pews and just be in a religious activity. God says, I saved you and your family because I want you to be the beacon. I want you to be the light. I found favor in your life. And I want you to witness the way that you live. I want you to witness through praise and worship. I want you to witness about what I've done for you so that your mom, your dad, your sisters, your brothers, your co-workers, your neighborhood can have hope. You're waiting for a degree from a Bible school to begin to testify. Jesus says, man, I've given you everything that you need. It's me. It's Jesus. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. And if you would like to know more information about our church, please visit thebuildingcf.com or download our app on all major app stores and marketplaces. Once again, thank you and have a blessed day.